Camille Wheatley, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Camille is an, an architect, photographer, and mother of four, and also a saint for joining us last minute in the studio today. We really wanted to fill this studio spot. And um, Camille, who is a friend of a friend, agreed to join not knowing about the podcast or anything about us. So um, probably in the future that'll change. But So Camille um, is an architect and she's worked for many firms, local firms here in Salt Lake City. And uh, just recently, was it two years, three years ago, you started your own practice? Yeah, three years ago. Three years ago, she started Dot Dot Design. So mm-hmm. um, check out Dot Dot Design for... Um, some of her work and photography as well. So um, thanks again for joining us for 20 questions. This is 20, tw- 20 questions on Design Like City. And let's get into it. All right. So the first set of questions are rapid fire questions. Okay. And I'm just going to pick them randomly. What bends your mind every time you think about it? Quantum physics. Mm. Uh, what 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 part of quantum physics is just so, everything? Once upon a yeah. time, I read a brief history of time by Stephen Hawking, mm. and it was really hard to wrap my head around, but really mm. fascinating at the same time. That's good. I I'm also a fan of quantum physics, so let's talk more after the podcast. Cool. <laughs> What's your most treasured possession? Uh, my kitchen. Mm. We just recently remodeled it, and okay. now I love it. I used to hate it, and now I love it. New design. How how hard did you go with the redesign, like or like the remodel? Complete guts Ooh. and fresh start. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. Question three: What book made the biggest impact on you, and why? Uh, the life changing magic of tidying up. Okay. Which I read a few years ago. The Kondo Marie by Marie Kondo. Kondo. Okay. Yeah, it cool. was. I've never been an unorganized person, but it was, it just showed me a new way of keeping my house tidy Mm. without, and just being able to keep it tidy, like instead of falling into old habits. Right. Cool. I have, you know, now she has a Netflix series. I haven't watched either, but I feel like I I need to. Um, It's good. It will change your life. Yeah. People talk it up. Okay. That's like, (laughs) see, that's why I love this podcast because I have like all of this homework after I, I leave here. Yeah. And so that's, that's on the list. So question four is the origin story question. And basically it's just kind of like getting to know you and your background. Um, so the this the question specifically is how did you get your start mm-hmm. in design? In design, well, it was all in, I mean, back when I was a senior in high school, I was good at art and I was good at math. So mm-hmm. I thought, well, what is a good match for that? And oh. architecture seemed like the obvious fit yeah, for that. So knowing that, I just sought out a university that had an architecture program and the University of Utah was the only one in Utah that did that. And I knew I was going to stay in state. Mm -hmm. So I went to the U without knowing anything about architecture and looking back, I'm kind of glad I didn't know anything because I think if I knew too much that I wouldn't have gone into the field, Mm -hmm. it would have scared me away. Right. So I did went through the program, got my bachelor's of architecture, architectural studies and my master's of architecture. And then through all of those years worked at different architecture firms um, going to architecture school is how I met my husband mm. and it's just kind of been what I've meant to do from the start. That's so cool. sometimes and I try to leave the profession, but it keeps pulling me back in for whatever reason. <laughs> That's awesome. So just like a follow-up, what, what do you know now that would have like, um, kind of shied you away in, in the early days that you didn't, that you didn't know then? Just that it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> that it's time consuming. It's time consuming yeah. and doesn't necessarily 
pay mm-hmm. as well as one might think. <laughs> right, right. All the hours for not so much pay. Right, right. But, but the passion for design. Yeah. So, that's cool. Um, okay, question five. Do you have a favorite design you've created? Uh my kitchen, <laughs> which I mentioned, but I designed a couple years ago a house for an artist friend. So it was very much a design for him and his family. He is a practicing artist. He's a high school teacher, but he wanted a studio incorporated into the design, mm. but it was a multifunctional space. His daughter is a dancer, so I needed mm. to accommodate the dancing and his artwork and then his wife's crafting and sewing and that sort of thing. And so it was a really great collaborative process to work with someone else who is really creative and open to new design Mm, ideas in a residence. Right. Wanting to see the process, wanting to see cool ideas. Right. So there's a good back and forth and it actually was never built, but Mm. the whole process was really informative and Mm. really, it was just a good process. That's cool. I like projects like that where even if it didn't happen, it's like back pocket. You can take the ideas and like incorporate those into future projects and stuff. Mm -hmm. This is the personal stasis section of questions. So first question, what advice would you give to your younger designer self? I would say be really picky and selective about the projects you take on and Mm. don't be afraid to say no when the project or the client isn't a good fit Mm. with your design ideals. Okay. Do you have a a, like a passion or a mission in, in your design work or I guess maybe another way to ask is like, do you have issues that you feel strongly about kind of incorporating into your design? Yeah, I'm I'm always in tune with um, sensitivity to material, like the environmental impact of the materials that are chosen and also the design as a whole in the greater context, making sure that the design is appropriate in the context that it's going to be. Mm. Um, just making sure it's responsive to the environment. Mm. And so how do you do that? Do you have to kind of like look at like the like larger kind of situation outside of your project and more more so than maybe is asked of you or... Right, like looking mm. at the greater, like the neighborhood scale Mm. or even larger like city scale, like Mm. how does this, how does this project fit within the context of that? Got it. That's cool. Describe some design replenish tips that you might have or, or like some way to recharge your soul, you know, when you're not... I definitely have to step away from the computer if I'm sitting down working on a design and... Sleep is a huge thing, getting Mm. enough sleep. Um, But there's other things I love to do. Like I love to knit and that gets my mind off of whatever design problem I'm facing. Do you knit in silence or do you like listen to like listen to a podcast? I'll usually be either listening to a podcast or like my husband and I will be watching something on Netflix. Yeah, something something you can kind of multitask. Right. I like to be productive while doing nothing basically. So yeah, that's a good way that I recharge. Kind of last question in this section. What are your what are your goals as a designer? Like as you move forward, you know, an architect, photographer, whatever you know, discipline you're in. Do you have some learning goals? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm always wanting to improve my skills and learn new programs. Like um, InDesign, I'm not very good at that, mm. and I would love to improve on that. InDesign is kind of a rabbit hole. It right? is, yeah, like, it is. I, I feel like I know like twenty percent, and I can operate with just that twenty percent. But right. it's probably so much more. Yeah, I'm sure. And then my photography, I feel like I can always improve. Cool. A few more rapid fire questions. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to the rapid fire list. Who is your favorite designer and why? 
Peter Zumthor, who is an architect, and he's based in Switzerland. Cool. And he just, he's like an architect's architect. He mm-hmm. designs beautiful, clean, really modern designs. Mm-hmm. And I had the opportunity to go visit some when oh. I did a study abroad in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And they're just amazing spaces. And his attention to detail is unsurpassed. Mm. He's amazing. Is he pretty well known? Like, does he have like monographs and books about He does himself? have a few books. Yeah. He's well known, at least in architecture circles, yeah. which I know are not very big. Right. So I think he's pretty well known. But but, but you can get like a coffee table book of his. Yeah. And, okay, yeah. cool. Okay. I'm like a coffee table book collector. So nice. I'm like <laughs> looking for new ideas. Um, speaking of, what, do you have a, a guilty pleasure? Like what's your greatest indulgence? Uh, thrift shopping. Okay. Do you have, do you have a local recommend? Um, the local Desert Industries mm-hmm. is my go-to, Classic. but Goodwill is also a great place to find do stuff. You, uh, do you like um, discern between locations like 8th South DI, 45th South DI? Like what are, where are you going to no, find better stuff? No, I, I, I have a knack for finding good stuff anywhere I go. Okay. So yeah. people will ask where my favorite thrift shop is. And I, I mean, mm-hmm. I like the ones that are close to me, which... I mean, yeah, you can find good stuff thing. anywhere. Yeah. So you're the smart shopper. You're going to make something happen wherever you go. Right. That's cool. Yeah. Next few questions kind of try to dig into your, um, your creative process, your professional practice. And so question 12 is always the inspiration question. Where do you find inspiration um, and when and how um, do you typically find inspiration? So I find a lot of inspiration from nature, mm. but that might be more of like the refreshing, rejuvenating sort of inspiration. Gotcha. But as far as design goes, gosh, just doing research online or flipping mm-hmm. through magazines mm-hmm. and looking on Pinterest. Right, right. Those sort of avenues are great for inspiration. Um, but really, I love walking around like in, in the city mm. and... I'm really attracted to moments that people bypass a lot of the time, Mm. just like really insignificant mundane parts of the city. Mm. Um, And it's usually like the light or the shadow that's like attracting me. Right. How they're playing a certain way on a wall. And those are the times that I find a lot of inspiration. Mm. And that's cool. Will will you like document those instances? Oh, yeah. And photography. Like that's what my favorite thing to photograph is oh, cool. weird stuff that nobody else looks at so my kids will look at me like when I'm taking pictures and they'll be like why are you taking a picture yeah. of that I'll be like go away <laughs> that's what I do <laughs> yeah that's what I like to do yeah. um but bringing it back to the creative process mm. I mean I guess it's just a combination of all of those like doing the research and seeing what's in the context yep and pulling from all of those that's so cool that you have photography and architecture that can kind of work off of each other and you can pull inspiration from from either one into the into the other. That's really nice. And then so if you're if you're looking through like magazines and Pinterest, are are you looking usually at architecture or are you kind of looking at just kind of any any kind of design, anything do you yeah. have like go to's that maybe are outside of architecture that you like or it's mostly architecture, yeah. but I mean, it's hard to say my creative process because really as an architect, it's a creative process with the client. Like mm-hmm. those go hand in hand. So there's a lot of communication 
So for instance, when I first sit down with a client, they'll tell me how they use the space or how they want to use the space. Mm. And they'll throw out some words at me like, I don't know, modern or light, natural light. They want to incorporate more natural light and things like that. So, um, or update the materials of their house. So it's just, it's really not so much my creative process as it is this collaboration with the client and um, really working with them to come up with ideas or words that Mm. kind of embody what they're looking for. That's cool. So then once you hear the the term natural light, then you might go look for inspiration regarding natural light and photography and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I like that. Okay, so question 13, do you have specific rituals that make up your design process or like what's your routine for enhancing your creative process? Yeah, so something that is really valuable to me and that I've always loved is just words. Hmm. I don't know. I'm just drawn to words. So something I used to do in school, which I still continue today, is there's something called the visual dictionary, which I love to plug in. You plug in a word and then it brings up this web of other words that are related to it, whether they're Uh, synonyms or antonyms, but it's a visual of all of these words that are related to the word. And there's, yeah. So I just, I use that. So like for light or dark or shadow, or I don't know, just different architectural terms. Just to try to think of it in a different way Mm. to try to expand and bring a new perspective to the project. That's awesome. What a cool recommend. So it's just like visualdictionary.com or Mm -hmm. like Google it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's great. Um, okay, so because you, you you're you're working in your own practice now, right? Mm-hmm. Working for yourself, basically. Um, how how do you get critical feedback on your design, or how do you have like a design re- review process and kind of like some of your higher higher level ideas if you're kind of at the top? Like, yeah. Is that no? That's a really good question. So my husband and an artist is an artist, and mm-hmm. I feel like because he. As a creative background, he's usually my go-to because he's always there. Yeah, good So one. he's my first, um, I don't know, just <laughs> person Sound, to pass. Soundboard yeah, sounding board. I couldn't yeah. think. Sometimes I can't think of yeah, words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he's my first go-to. I have some really dear friends who are also architects, and we're just kind of in this architecture muddle together sometimes. Mm, cool. And I will bounce ideas off of them. Um, and then my husband and I also host not every month, but almost every month, a critique group no way. with artists and other creatives Oh, awesome! in Salt Lake in Utah County. Um, oh, that's perfect. And so and you'll bring so, you like an, an actual project you're working on. Yeah. Yeah. I'll present my ideas to mm. them. And it's mm. just nice because because they're not necessarily architects. They just uh, bring a fresh perspective yeah. on things. So I, I feel like I have a really good support group as far as that goes. Yeah. It sounds like you're, you've set yourself up really well. Yeah. Um, okay. So if we want to join your critique group, what do we, <laughs> who do we have to talk to? Talk to my husband. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess just shoot me an email or send, yeah, through my work email. You can shoot me an email. Okay. Well, and if there are listeners out there that want to contact you, we'll help, yeah. them, help them get in yeah. contact with you. <laughs> so question 15, do you have tricks for getting out of a creative rut? Um, usually I find when I am having trouble, it's cause I am sleep deprived. So mm. going to sleep, usually it solves so many problems for me. Like, like just even a nap or something. Even or, a nap or yeah. just like, sometimes I'm just so stressed out about something or I can't figure the answer out to something Yeah. and it's late at night. And when I just say, okay, I'm going to bed, then I'll think of something else I hadn't thought of in the morning. First right. thing. Uh. So that it sounds really 
like a silly suggestion. I mean, simple. <laughs> yeah, simple. really simple. But sleep. I love it. Helps me. <laughs> That's great. Okay, question 16 is the tool question. We just kind of like to ask people like if they have a favorite tool, like physical, you know, pen, paper type tool or digital mm -hmm. tool that, you know, is something you can, you know, share to the listeners, for the listeners. Yeah. I always love my Moleskine notebook. Mm, I think that's classic. the favorite sketchbook. Just the um, staple binded or whatever, like non-spiral. How do you right. say that? Right. It just opens flat. Yeah. Yeah. One of those. And then Muji makes these great pens that have refillable ink. Oh, cool. So, and you can get them in like really, really fine point huh. to just do really great detailed sketches. That's awesome. So yeah, I'm like, I'm a fan of Muji too and I, I'll do their markers and stuff, but I mm -hmm. didn't know they had the refillable and yeah, and they're great. really reasonably priced. Mm. And and it's easy to get the cartridges like mm -hmm. online and yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can okay. order them through Amazon. Oh, yeah, perfect. Or okay. Muji. Yeah. That's a really good recommend. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So the next section is the pontification section where we think a little bit deeper, although, you know, we have been delving into design pretty well here, but um, some kind of more heady questions. Mm -hmm. So, um, and if you want to pass, you can, Okay. but try some of these out. So what is true creativity to you? Like, how do you describe true creativity? That's a really good question. And to answer that, gosh, you, you have to be able to adapt to hmm. any situation. So especially being a mom of four kids, they're nine and under, I've had to use, I don't necessarily use my creative process, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm not always working on architecture, but I'm dealing with crying children or trying to avoid meltdowns and that mm. sort of thing. So mm -hmm. I've found that in dealing with these relationships and these tricky situations, um, you never know if someone's going to have a meltdown or, you know, throw a fit. And so I've had to use a lot of creativity and how I approach certain situations and mm. how can I think outside of the box or how can I introduce humor into this situation right. and just change things around so that we're all happy in the end. But I think it translates to design too, because cool. design, the creative process is not a linear process. Right. It's not without interruptions. There's always going to be interruptions or setbacks mm -hmm. or there's not enough money for something. And you right. just have to think creatively when those things happen and just, be flexible. Yeah. I think that's the best. Be nimble, adapt. I love that, right. what you said in the beginning. Yeah. yeah just adaptable. Mm -hmm. And the and the kid analogy is perfect because you really have to dig deep to like stop a tantrum, you know? Yeah. But then when you did, when you did find like the funny thing to say that stopped it, you're like feel really proud of your creativity. Right. right? And it, but it seriously takes a lot of like mental energy and mental engagement mm -hmm. instead of like, you, it's easy to get sucked into the, the moment yeah, of like, yeah. there's a lot of anger going on. Right. There's a lot of emotion. Right. But when you can when you can harness that creative energy and step back, yeah. it, it's stay engaged, better. right? Stay creative, yeah. Not right. shut off. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. I love that translating to <laughs> design practice. Yeah. Um, so where do you think design is headed? Like, what do you think the future of design and you know the future for designers will be? I think it's really hopeful. I mean, I mm. think it seems like the general trend is um, embracing environmentally friendly design mm -hmm. environmentally responsive design and right. that seems to be a growing trend right um and it seems like people are valuing relationships more and i i can only see positive things happening because of 
I mean, just from my experience and experiencing just all of the great professional creative energy that's, that is here yeah. in Salt Lake, I mean, it's only hopeful and positive and we'll continue getting better and better. I love that. Um, is there a myth about design you would like to debunk? Um, if the fact that design comes all of a sudden, like if there's like this aha moment yeah. that, I don't know, just this epiphany that happens, I think that's kind of a myth because yep. it, there's so much work that you have to put in. There's so much effort and mm -hmm. time that you have to put in in order to even get those moments. Mm -hmm. So those those moments don't just happen right. without lots of work. So it's just it's there's lots of work involved and mm -hmm. lots of dedication mm -hmm. and time. Yeah, just like sweat, sweat and tears and yeah. blood and um and the, those aha money aha moments are funny because like they'll come and they might seem like amazing at the time, but then you know give it a day and you're like oh, okay that was just an okay aha mm -hmm. you know got to keep going got to keep working yeah and so like yeah like you said it's not like all the all all of a sudden you know the problem solved. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, we are at question 20. So we, awesome. we made it. I'm <laughs> trying to decide what the best question at the end is. Um, actually, this is one I end on a lot. I think it's good. Do you, do you have a favorite quote that you want to share? Um, and, there's one. Yeah, yeah God is in the Details down. Yeah. by Mies van der Rohe, who is a famous architect, if you're an architect, but probably not very right. famous in other circles. But, but it's really true. I had the opportunity just a few weeks ago to be in Chicago and that's where he was based mm. many years ago. He's since passed away. But I had the opportunity to tour the Farnsworth house, mm. which is a beautiful house in the middle of nowhere, mm. Illinois. Cool. And the attention to detail that he gave to that house was amazing. Mm. Just how how he hid electrical outlets and where the air came out um, of the ceiling and how joints came together and how the curtains were hung. Everything down just, just the tiniest joint of where each slab of marble was coming together mm. was intentional and so well thought out. Mm. And there's so much truth to that. And it's, it's hard to get to that point where you're focusing on those little details. But when you do get to that point and that's, what you're channeling your creative energy into, then you know, like, this is going to be a good project when mm. you've thought it out to that detail. I like that it alludes to, like, a little bit of spirituality, too. Yeah. Like, kind of calling on God to be in the details. Mm -hmm. He wasn't, like, a religious guy, was he? Or? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. religious. I just assume, like, all... I don't know why, like, all old famous architects were, like, secular for some reason, but that's probably not it's true probably a good assumption. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yes. But that's a good one. Yeah, God is in the details. Um, well, okay, that's 20 questions. Thank you so much for joining me. It was really a pleasure and I'm looking forward to all of the little bits and pieces of homework that I have to look into after <laughs> talking to you. So, and it, hopefully listeners do the same. Um, but yeah, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. And um, we'll find a way for people to get in contact with you if they have follow-up questions or want to like see your work or talk to you about your work. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.